Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. We want to begin a new series in our church called Riptides. And again, if you're online, join us by taking notes, join us uh, by putting away distractions. And uh, we are live right now, which means I need to not say dumb things and because uh, we cannot edit them in Jesus' name. But uh, it's great to see you. And um, even though you look like a dental hygienist, um, it is great to see you in the house of God. Amen? All right, I'm going to leave dental hygienist alone. Well, July 4th, I was at the beach, and uh, maybe you were, maybe you weren't. What's weird was when I took the journey down to the beach, I think we left at 6.45. We left so early, partially because we were so afraid that there would be so much traffic. What's weird is, Miriam and I were chatting about it later, both down to the beach and, and, and coming back. I don't think I've ever experienced so little traffic. I don't know if everyone else was like, you know what, July 4th, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be crazy. There was no one there. On the roads, it was easy. On the way back at 5 o'clock, my wife and I, it's 55 minutes till we get home. We were pumped about it. I don't think we've ever got home so fast in our lives. And, um, but anyway, that's not the point of my story. The point of my story is this, that on the day, July 4th, there was actually a very strong uh, riptide. Or I wouldn't say strong. I would say that if you were uh, a not great swimmer, it would have been unusual for you because my kids love the water. My little Shelly, she's nine, she loves the water, she's quite a good little swimmer. But we kept getting pulled to the side, off to the right actually. And obviously as any good lifeguard would tell you, they're going to kind of choose a section that um, is the safest for you and they're going to mark out those sections and then there was little ropes and so forth. And then all throughout the day there was these little moments, there was like, this whistle, this whistle, if you go really loud, it's going to break our, our YouTube, so I don't want to do that, but you, you get the picture, don't you? Yeah, I don't want to do it too loud. But you would hear this whistle, you would hear the shout, you would hear kind of a lifeguard, and, and you had to, I think you had a yellow flag out that day, and the yellow flag means it's, look, I feel like I'm a, a Pentecostal back in the day, just, just waving to Jesus, right? Yeah, and uh, something like, can I bring those? No. Anyway, and, and red meant no surfing and yellow meant be a little cautious. And I think there's another one that means it's okay. Green, there you go. Thank you. That was complicated, wasn't it? Um, but there was quite a strong current. And a number of different times I grabbed my daughter and I'd pull her back. And, and uh, that day, literally a friend of ours, not at the beach that we were at, but another beach, literally had to save another family. This father had got into a challenge. His own two kids, he was trying to rescue them. And I don't know if you know this or not, you have to be an exceptional swimmer to save someone. Why? Because when people are drowning, when people are getting caught in the riptide, what do they do? They actually begin to freak out. And so you might even go up to them and try to save them. And what do they do? They try and actually pull you down because you're safety to them. And I don't know if you know this or not, but often the best lifeguards will go behind someone and grab them from behind and grab them in here. Or if they won't settle down, they will punch them. 
they will knock the person and say, listen, you need to settle down. Now, I am not suggesting that you go around just punching people, and I'm not suggesting that you walk behind people weirdly and grab them. But what I am saying is this, is that all of us are susceptible to a riptide. All of us are susceptible because we live in this world. We are susceptible to the riptide. But who is the most susceptible? The youngest, the clueless, those lacking a strong level of swimming fitness. The world that you and I live in isn't all butterflies and sunsets, is it? It's not just, yes, I'm going to hang with the butterflies. Actually, recently, because of some bad things happening to some people very close to me, I feel like I've been awakened again, not even just through COVID-19 and not even to the other political kind of atmosphere, but just the ugliness of humanity sometimes. The world is both beautiful and it's brutal. As Ed Young Jr. says, it's brutal. But you and I have been awoken many times to that simplicity when life is going well. You're like, wow, the world's an amazing place. Look at it. Let's go to the beach. Let's see a sunset. Let's go to the mountain. Let's drink in love. And then other times you're like, the world is a messed up place. How many ever think that? See, the, the, the riptide can pull, when things go wrong, can pull your faith and my faith. The riptide of life can actually pull you. But here's what's interesting. Just like there is a triune nature of God, there is Father, there is Son, there is Holy Spirit. There is the triune nature of humanity. There is your spirit, your soul, and your body. There is a triune nature of this world that actually tries to pull you and I. It is a riptide, and the Bible refers to it as really the people of the world, it refers to the sinful nature, and it refers to also the devil. They are the unholy trinity that suck you and me to where we're not safe. And there's a lifeguard called the warnings of Scripture. How many love the promises of Scripture? How many love the promises of God, right? The promises of God, God will tell you, I am for you and you're not against you. You are more than a conqueror. And you're like, woo! And then it's, we sometimes say, be careful because there's a riptide. And you're like, why don't you just tell me that I'm more than a conqueror? He says, no, I want to teach you and I want to warn you and I want to correct you even. And I want to challenge you that there are certain environments that become very dangerous so that you and I don't get sucked into and under the riptide. So our faith actually does not fail. The book of Romans Paul speaks about you and me in various terms. He says that you and I are more than conquerors. But then he calls us sheep. Why do you call me more than a conqueror? Why do you call me a champion? Why do you call me strong? Why do you call me those things and then say, I'm a sheep? Do you know that sheep have no defense? If you think of a porcupine for a moment, they're not a strong animal, but they have defense, don't they? They literally just crawl into a little ball. If you try to mess with them, what do you get? You get spiked. If you think of a skunk, it's not a strong animal, it looks like a cat, right? But if you try to mess with a, 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 a skunk, what does it do? It farts on you. And you are never the same. My dog, many years ago, two times, thought he was chasing a cat. He wasn't chasing a cat, people. It was a demon from hell called a skunk, and we had to bathe that cat, uh, uh, sorry, our dog, not the cat, 
I could have killed the, the, the skunk, but we had to bathe our dog in tomato juice. Not even tomato juice, like tomato juice. There's two types. We had to buy that thing from Australia and bring it here so we could get tomato juice, not tomato. Come on, somebody. Give, give the Lord a hand. But the sheep has zero. The sheep can't climb a tree. The sheep can't run away. He's slow. The sheep has no weapons. It doesn't know kung fu. It knows none of these things. The only safety of the sheep is to stay close to the shepherd. That's its only defense. And Paul says that you and me, though we can be more than conquerors, though we can be champions, he says, actually, we're like sheep. And we all like sheep have gone astray, he says. James, the brother of Jesus, speaks to you and me, and he says, each man, when he is dragged away, it says, dragged away by his own evil desire. Have you noticed that sometimes you want to do good? Have you noticed that other times you don't? Right? The Bible is literally shining on you and me. He says, when he's dragged away by his own evil desire. Then watch this now. Talking about the flesh. I'm talking about the world. And I'm talking about Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Speaking of the devil, Jesus said this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you all as wheat. Watch this now. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you have turned back, strengthened your brother. Someone say, when you've turned back. He has prayed for him, why? That his faith not, may not fail, and I'm praying for you, and I pray our whole church is praying for one another and praying for us at this time that our faith may not fail. Guys, can you elevate the lights a little bit? It's just like we're in a closet here right now. Give me, give me some lights, please. Thank you. That your faith may not fail. But I want to talk to you specifically along this thought today, the current of offense. The current of offense. There's a tide of offense. Watch this now in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus is speaking of the end times. He's speaking of a time when literally he says, before I come back, he gives us an illuminated passage of Scripture, which I think speaks to the day that we live in right now. Matthew 24 verse 10 says this, and then many, someone say many, many will be what? Offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then how many? Many false prophets. A false prophet is not necessarily someone who goes to church. A false prophet is not necessarily someone who has doctrinal issues. A prophet is simply someone who has a worldview that could be different and contrary to how God views the world. That actually becomes a false prophet. Are you with me, Church Alive? Are you hanging with me? It says that many false prophets will rise up and deceive how many? Many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of what? Many will grow cold. And I read that scripture, and I'm like, wait, that sounds like 2020. That sounds like the culture. That sounds like what's going on right now. And then many will be offended and will betray one another, hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because of 
And because of lawlessness will abound the love of what? Many will grow cold. I want you to notice the, the pattern here that when you get offended, it's easier to get deceived. I want you to notice that when you get offended and then it's easy to get deceived, then you lack honor. And then when you lack honor, it's actually that your love will decrease. So you need to see that it is imperative at this time that you and I pray that God would fill us with a spirit of love. Why? If the love of many will grow cold, if I'm a Christian, and and Jesus is speaking of the people. He's not just speaking of those who don't attend church or don't watch online. He's actually just talking about people. Are you with me? So you and I can get caught up in the riptide of offense. I've actually noticed three different things that you and I can get offended at. Talking a lot about three moments, three things, God, Father, uh, sorry, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, body, soul, and spirit. The world is, is the world, the, the pull of people and the pull of the devil. But watch this now. Here's what we get offended at. We get offended sometimes, would you believe it, God. Has God ever maybe, maybe not answered some prayer and you and I get offended at Him? See, there's a lot of free will in the world. There is, do you know that God cannot and does not violate your free will? He actually gave you this thing called free will and He does not violate it, which means that you have the amazing capacity and I have the amazing capacity to choose good, but I also have the amazing capacity to choose dumb stuff. Have you ever chose dumb stuff? Have you ever done anything dumb? Can you just look, can you just, just own it today and go, I've done dumb things. Some of you are like, it was dumb and dumber. Let me tell you, it was. See, you can get offended at God. You can obviously get offended at people. Like you can get offended at your family, a cousin, a brother, an uncle, some friends. And sometimes it's what they did, but it's also sometimes what you perceive they did, whether they did it or whether they don't do it. You can get offended at coworkers. You can get offended at anyone. But here's what's interesting. You can actually caught, get caught in the riptide of offense. Here's what's a little deeper and sometimes a little unclearer. You can actually get offended or hold unforgiveness against yourself. See, you kind of blame God for something and you blame other people for something. But let's be honest, if you do some dumb and then even some dumb and dumber things, you can actually get offended and hold unforgiveness against yourself and never let yourself go of the resentment and the mistakes that you made many years ago. And I want to tell you today that it is imperative that we let God go of any perceived offense because I want to tell you today, He's always been good to you. And I believe that it's imperative that you let people go of offense, but also want to say it's actually imperative that you let yourself go so that you can love yourself. I feel like today, more than anything else, I am blowing the whistle. Exactly, it's loud. To those people online, I feel like I'm blowing the whistle. If there's one thing, I, I, as I read the scriptures and thought about this message, I feel like I'm a bit of a lifeguard today telling people there's a riptide. I feel like I'm a lifeguard today warning you, don't get offended at God. Don't get offended at people. If you ever get offended at yourself, let yourself go. Are you listening to the lifeguard or the crowd? 
Are you listening to the lifeguard who sees what's going on? Or are you listening to just those splashing in the water next to you? Colossians chapter 3 Verse 12 says this, therefore as the elect of God, this is God's gift to you and me, to call you and me elect. He says, holy, that's a position in Christ. It's also a process with which you and I live a obedient life. He says, beloved, which is just a term of endearment and love. He says, forgiving, verse 13 says, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as how much? Even as who? Come on, online, even as who? Even as Christ forgave you, so you also what? Let's say that again, must do. Which means it's not an option. Friday night is our family night. Family night, generally speaking, in our family is pizza night. Amen. It's pizza night, it's movie night. That's our deal. Occasionally we might break the pattern but I called up Domino's. We either go Mama Rosa in Rutherford, Rutherford or we go Domino's. How many Domino's people, anyone? How many more like a local Italian place? Hallelujah, yep. But my son won this time. My son was like, Daddy, we never, we always do Mama Rosa. We need to do Domino's. And I felt bad for him, so I called up Domino's and then regretted it later. And, um, but we called Domino's. We got a chicken and bacon uh, piece of pizza, sorry, pie, and then we got a uh, ham and pineapple, thin and crispy. It's the only way to go with Domino's. Get a thin and crispy, why less calories? <laughs> and then it's just a nice night. My, my wife is, uh, recently she's like, I, I don't really like Domino's ham. But I said, I, we're doing ham and pineapple. I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, there were two people happy and three people disappointed on our family night because of my pizza selection. Ordering pizza, you get to choose what you want. Ordering pizza, you get to say ham, pineapple, chicken, bacon, whatever you like. You get to choose it. I want to say this to you. If you're a Christian, if you follow Christ... One of the selections he doesn't give you and I is, I'll take the promises, but I will not obey the principles. He says, you must do. Must. Can we vote on this one? No. Because you and I don't live in a democracy. We live in a kingdom. And the kingdom, is he's in charge. He's the boss. He's the Lord. And so when you live in a kingdom, you live under the kingdom's domain and blessing and protection. And so when Scripture says, listen, you must forgive, what must you do? What if it doesn't feel good? Do it anyway, right? Someone's preaching back to me pretty good. Come on. Micah 7 verse 18, who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions? Who is a God like you who pardons sins and forgives the transgressions? Isn't that good? How, how can you reflect God? Forgive. How many love the fact that God is a forgiving God? He's a forgiving God. You and I must be forgiving. So how do you become more forgiving? You choose to be forgiving. I have actually noticed this very, very often. I am not necessarily naturally generous, but the more I do generous acts, I become generous. 
My wife and I have become more and more generous over our entire married life, partially because we're just committed to generosity. And I've actually found over time that it made me more generous. It wasn't that I became generous on the inside, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to give away stuff forever. No, I just committed to the path of generosity, and actually over time I'm like, um, I'm somewhat generous now. <laughs> Too many people are waiting to feel it. Right, you're waiting to feel generous. I'll give to you when I feel like it. I'll see you when you're 99. I'll forgive you when I feel like it. Dangerous. Dangerous. You and I are to reflect the nature and the character of our Father. And I'm talking about our Father in heaven. Scripture actually uses a lot of animal and nature imagery to teach us valuable lessons. Scripture uses the, the example of an eagle that you and I would wait upon God like an eagle would wait upon on the wind and that we would soar. Scripture uses the example of an ant to actually show you that you and I should be wise and, and store up some money for a harder time of life. The Scripture actually uses an example of a gazelle running away from a, a prey so that you and I don't do silly things like co-sign for loans when someone else can't get it themselves. The, the Bible uses an example of a lion when it comes to God as his strength, but it also uses the example of a lion when it speaking of the enemy, kind of like a scar type figure from Lion King, that this thing wants to destroy your soul. But I want to use an illustration today that you probably have very rarely heard about, and it comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 8, verse 11. And before I, I go into that scripture, uh, well, let me read it because it's on the screen. It says this, the name of the star is Wormwood. Someone say Wormwood. A third of the waters became a Wormwood, and many men died from the water because it was made bitter. Here's what's amazing, is that C.S. Lewis, the great thinker of the 1900s, he was really a brilliant atheist, and he said he came kicking and screaming to God, but he wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters, and The Screwtape Letters were kind of an allegory on how to illuminate how the devil plays a part in people's lives, and so The Screwtape Letters, Screwtape was the head demon, and the head demon was coaching his nephew, Wormwood, on how to be a better demon. It's a weird book. So the head demon is writing letters. His name is Screwtape because he screws everything up. But he's coaching Wormwood on how to affect this Christian. I want you to see this for a second. That Wormwood is actually an enemy. Put up the scripture again. It says this, Revelation 8.11. The name of the star is Wormwood, speaking of an angel or a star that fell from heaven. A third of the waters became wormwood, and many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Now, watch this now. Wormwood, if you research it scientifically, people were wondering, can this bring about medicinal benefits? So scientists actually did that, and they're like, maybe this will produce something good. Here's what it produced. Hallucinations convulsions, mental deterioration, and psychosis. It was a poison in our system. 
Eight times in the Old Testament, God refers to this product or this herb or this garden uh, plant, wormwood, as a poison and a bitterness. In the book of Revelation, he literally named a falling star, which is speaking of a demonic spirit, after wormwood. What am I saying? I hope you're getting this now. When you, when you, when you listen to wormwood, you will always carry offense, and it will cause you and me to be bitter. Are you getting that? See, I believe that the fruit of offense, sometimes for some of you, it manifests in different ways. The fruit of offense could fall into that you are prone to addiction because you can't get over the past. Sometimes the fruit of offense could be showing up as depression because you're always thinking about what happened one day. Am I preaching to anyone? Sometimes it's good when church gets quiet because either you're asleep, and, and, and uh, which I don't think is the case, or hopefully it's hitting you. The fruit of offense might show up as depression. The fruit of offense might show up as envy and jealousy. The fruit of offense might actually mean, mean that you can't see the blessings in your own life or the opportunities in your own life because you're too busy staring at what someone else has. But what actually it is, is an offended spirit on here, sometimes at God, sometimes at people, or sometimes at even yourself. Am I preaching to anyone today? Watch this now, King Saul grew a bitter, offended spirit at David, and that bitter spirit caused him to be angry, eventually caused him to hate, and caused him to want to kill. I've never seen this scripture before in Acts 24 verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, this being so, he says, I myself always strive to have a conscience, watch this now, without offense toward God and me. The Apostle Paul one of the most positive, forgiving guys you'll ever hear of in all of Scripture. And he had ample opportunity to actually get offended. He had ample opportunity. Why? Because it wasn't just his enemies that actually betrayed him. It was actually sometimes close people to him. You know, you and I mainly can't really get offended at people that aren't close to us. It's always the Judas that is close. I want to... I want the, the worship team to come back and I want to read two more passages of Scripture here. When Jesus was on the cross in Matthew chapter 27 verse 34, the soldiers gave Jesus wine mixed with gall to drink and he tasted the wine but he refused to drink it. It's a picture of them literally offering him a bitter substance on the cross to quench his thirst because he's thirsty and he's literally dying and he needs some kind of sustenance. And what do they try and give him? They try to give him a bitter wine or a, a gaulish wine. It is a picture of them offering him, hey, take offendedness. Take offense. Take it. Drink it. And Jesus tastes it and he refuses it. He refuses it for you and for me. Are you with me, Church Alive? He refuses it. Now watch this now. Hebrews 13 verse 17. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. It always feels awkward reading that passage of Scripture because I am one. No one got it, but no, I got it. 
Obey your leaders and submit to them. But here's where I want you to focus. For they are keeping watch over your souls. Sometimes people are just too busy splashing, having a good time, right? They're just like, oh my gosh, I'm with my friends. That's my daughter. She's nine. She's like, ah, daddy, I'm with my friends. And I'm like, honey, you're nine. Careful. Haven't you noticed that offended people want to get you offended? Drowning people want to make you drown. Offended people, when they're over here, when you go to talk to them and say, hey, you're not in a safe zone, they want to tell you everything and they want to pull you under. And I'm just warning you right now. Jesus said this to Peter. He says, so that your faith may not fail. I'm preaching to someone online today that your faith might not fail. That you would let go of maybe an offense towards God. You would let go of an offense towards people. And you would maybe even, some of you need to let go of an offense towards yourself. But I would say at this time, it is, is offendedness towards other people that is the most dangerous thing. It's good to seek justice, but not with an offended spirit. Hear me again, it's good to seek justice. It's right to seek justice. But if you have an offended spirit, it'll take you down. And I am here to blow the whistle to someone. Marriages fail because of an offended spirit. Churches split of an offended spirit. Cousins no longer talk to each other because of an offended spirit. Races don't talk to each other because of an offended spirit. Am I preaching to anyone today? There is a riptide called the devil. There is a riptide called the world. There is a riptide called the sinful nature that will literally drag you away. But I tell you today, I'm blowing the whistle. And I'm just warning you, many will be offended, but you didn't get to decide whether you will be that one or not. I get to decide whether I will be that one or not. No one can forgive for you. So I'm gonna, I want you to stand to your feet for a moment. And I want to lead you in a prayer. Because I believe no one can forgive for you, but you can be led in a prayer of faith declaration when it comes to forgiveness. And if you're watching online right now, live right now, even if you watch this later, I want you to stand to your feet in your home right now. And we want to pray and just believe to let things go in Jesus' name. Come on, I want us to pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of all my mistakes all my sins, all my rebellion. And so right now, I ask you, grant me a forgiving heart, a forgiving mind, and I let go any offense towards God, towards people, 
towards family, towards friends, towards anyone that I might hold grudges. I even let myself go from times I've disappointed myself. And from this day, I choose to be a forgiving person in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Let me talk to you if you're in the room or watching live right now. Would you close your eyes with me? I want to lead some of you in a prayer that would say, yes, I need to forgive. Actually, I need to step in and receive God's forgiveness. The reason I can't forgive is I've never been forgiven. I've never been shown mercy. But I want to tell you today that Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God died upon a cross for you. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And sometimes we know the mistakes we do, but sometimes we don't. And Jesus says, I will forgive you. I will grant you eternal life. I will give you abundant life. I will, I will literally call you a son and daughter of the Most High God. What is the process of that? It's turning to God and saying, God, I need you. I'm going to invite you into my life. And so I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And I believe that prayer will connect you today to the Son of the living God. So why don't we all pray that prayer out loud together. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I ask you to forgive me all of my mistakes, past, present, and future. I ask you to be your child. I need you. Thank you, Jesus. While eyes are closed, those online, those in the building, if you meant business with God today, would you let me know by raising your hand today, someone here saying, yes, I need to come back to Christ. I need to receive Christ today all across this place. Don't be embarrassed to do that. And if you know you're far away from God, know you're not in relationship with God in this place, you can put up your hand. If not, you can also um, just let us know through the online experience. Make sure you email someone or text. I think it's 97,000 to uh, that number and, and we'll do our best to connect to you and help you on next steps. Father, I pray for your people today. I pray for them today that you would bless them. You would speak to them. And I wanted Max to lead us in one worship song as we close today. There might be some details we need to give, but are you guys ready for that, Max? Awesome. Awesome. Why don't you do next steps, love, and then yes. we're going to worship just for one more song. Awesome. If you're online right now and you decided to place your faith in Christ, we just invite you in this moment to text CONNECT7 to the number 97000. We'd love to submit this book to you. Send this in the mail. Even if you're in here today, I know most of you are leaders or dream team members, but if you've never placed your faith in Christ, and that happens, we'd love to help you on your next step. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Now also transform groups are on. If you're not in a transform group, we can't encourage you enough to get in a group. It will change your life. It'll get accountability around you. You can text transform to 97,000. And hey, next weekend, get in a watch party. It is so important to still gather in small groups in a safe way, but we encourage you to host a watch party in your home.
But we'll see you back next week. We'll continue worshiping for a few moments. God bless you guys.